The first is from Matthew 1, verse 18 to 24. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place uh, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The second reading is from Luke 1, verse 26 to 45. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at that saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the favor of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And, ble and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Matthew 2, verses 1 to 11. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, 
he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people, the, the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. The next reading is Luke 2, verse 1 to 14, the birth of Jesus Christ. In those days, a decree went out for Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Coronius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in a swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Thanks, ladies. Hello, good morning. Good to be with you again. I think it was a couple of months ago that I was here. And I see one or two new faces. I'm one of the pastors at Sterling Baptist. And um, our focus today is upon faith, hope, and love. Right, faith, hope, and love. And it's going to be the theme over the next couple of weeks focusing on the coming of Jesus Christ. And so we, we're going to start off with this theme today of faith. A mind-boggling thing happened 2,000 years ago. God, the God of glory, the God of all creation, burst into this world and took on a human form and came and lived among us and came to declare 
the glory of God. And this thing that happened 2,000 years ago was totally unique to all the religions of the world. There's not one religion of the world that has God coming in the flesh or God coming and dwelling with man for any length of, t- of time. Totally unique, totally out of the, the ballpark. This great and enormous event did not catch mankind by surprise because it was well announced, well in advance. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 is just one of those prophecies prophesied some 700 years before the coming of the Messiah, that you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Ken Bauer says that there are some 456 prophecies stating specific things that this king would do, and Jesus fulfilled them right down to the smallest detail. The Matthew, Matthew's gospel uh, enumerates many prophecies, and 19 of these prophecies took place in the last 24 hours of, of, of Christ's uh, life on this earth. When, when you think of a great dignitary visiting another country, say, for instance, the president of the United States of America, he, he doesn't go to a country unannounced, right? If he was to come here to South Africa, there would be big fanfare about it for days, if not weeks, if not months ahead of time. Now, that, that's just, you know, Donald Trump. And um, you might have a different idea about Donald Trump. And, uh, but the greatest nation on earth he represents But the greatest personality that ever came upon this earth was was prophesied centuries and centuries ago. And it was highlighted to humankind that this great event was going to happen, that that it was going to come. And we can look back now 2,000 years ago and we can celebrate it as something that has definitely happened. We read in Matthew and Luke about people's response to this announcement. And we're going to look at their faith response today. First of all, they heard the word of God. They heard the declaration by the angels. Can you imagine putting yourself in Mary's shoes for just one second and um, thinking what it would be like for this angel to suddenly appear out of nowhere and and announce to you that, that... the Messiah was going to be born through you. No, none other than the Messiah. Really, um, I mean, it was mind-boggling. I'm sure men couldn't, couldn't, couldn't imagine that because you can't give birth. But, um, I mean, imagine just being a human being. Uh, and this, this announcement comes like that. And it came as quite a bombshell, did it, did it not? It would have been for us. Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, softens the surprise by his opening words in Luke 1, 28. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The highest honor that was ever given to a human being was given to Mary. There could be no higher honor given. And yet this didn't establish her on the par with Jesus, like some are doing across the globe. She, she was not elevated to being, to being God. 
We can never pray to her as, as God. She is not the mediator between us and God. There's only one mediator between us and God, and that's, that's Jesus. We can never worship her. She is not the mother of God. Jesus was pre-existent from the beginning of time. There was no time in infinity. Who, who made God? Well, um, he would be God uh, if he made God. Uh, and so God was there from eternity. Mind-boggling stuff. This Jesus is to be honored and to be worshipped far more than Mary. Michael Green says the climax of God's work for humankind throughout the centuries is Jesus. Mark and Matthew's gospel, Luke and Matthew's gospel have prepared us through a genealogy for the appearance of the most important birth in the history of the world. And so Mary's response is amazing. I mean, apart from being shocked to her core initially, as we would all be, it's like, what? You know, how can this be? Me? No, you've got the wrong person. She says in verse 38, when she recovers from the shock, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary says. May it be to me as you have said. Isn't that an amazing statement? She was the servant of the Most High God, and so are we. We're servants of the Most High God, and that's it. We're servants. God, whatever you will, whatever you want for my life, I submit to you. That's what she was saying here. Are we at that place as Christians in our pilgrimage where we're saying, God, not my will, but, but your will. Your will be done in, in my heart and in my life. It should be. Joseph had to be convinced. Mary told him what had happened. Mary told him um, what, what the angel had said. And it's like, no ways. You know, we, we haven't consummated this marriage. We, we haven't been intimate. It, it can't happen. It can't be. She must be adulterous. And the angel had to come to him and say this to him. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The lowly shepherds were out in their fields and they were minding their own business when bam, out of the blue, the, the, the angel comes and says to them um, in Luke 2, 10, Do not be afraid, because they were afraid. <laughs> I think we'd be afraid when suddenly this bright light shines all, all around you. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. I love it. I mean, just imagine it, these lowly um, shepherds out in the field, minding their own business. God, God is not the God of the hoi polloi. He's not the God of the, the multi-billionaires. He's not the God of even the middle class. He's the God of the lowly as well. He's the God for all peoples. God came to the lowly, came to the outcasts. He came to minister to those whose hearts were towards him. Magi, from the east, we're expecting the birth of someone great. Scholars tell us that, that when they took, Israel was taken into exile, they uh, went to Babylon, to Persia, and, and other countries. They shared the word of God, as they should, and they shared the prophes prophecies. And, 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 and so these Gentile 
unbelievers from Babylonia or Persia were impacted by the Word of God. We so often think that, that they, the star came up and they were astrologers and, or astronomers, and it's like, whoa, there's a bright star, you know, there's got to be something in this, let's go and have a look. Just maybe there, there's, there's something at the end of, of the line. No, they were impacted on by the Word of God, and it's by the Word that we come to faith. It's only by the Word of God that we come to faith, right? Amen. Some, some people... Or there, yeah. And so they were expecting someone great, and and they were not disappointed. They were not disappointed at all. And the prophet prophesied that it wasn't just for the nation of Israel, and they must have seen that prophecy as well. Isaiah 60 and verse 3 Nations will come to your light, nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And so when we think of when was the, the beginning of the Gentiles following Christ? We, we often think in terms of Pentecost, where, where, where different nations were there and they responded and 3,000 people responded. No, no, it was way before that. It was the Magi that came, Gentiles from the East, to worship and to glorify and to put their trust in, in, in this Jesus. The Jewish priests and scribes' response was just the opposite. When Herod, King Herod asked them, because they were the, the, the fundis, where is this Messiah born? Where is this king of, of the Jews? They told him straight away from Micah 5 and verse 2, in Bethlehem. He's there. They knew it. But they didn't lift a, a finger to go and pay homage to him. Here were Jews. Here were leaders. Here were people who knew the, the scriptures backwards. But they, they didn't go and pay homage to Jesus. How crazy is that? How shocking. And to know, today we have people throughout our land who have been in similar ways uh, brought up in Sunday school. They've gone through how many years of Sunday school? Um, they've done exams in, in the scriptures maybe from the past. And they're nowhere to be found. They've turned their backs on Jesus. Some who have been brought up in Christian families and have been exposed to the gospel. They, of all people, should know Christ as their Savior and as their friend. No, many of them are nowhere to be found. Many who have worshipped as adults in, in congregations are nowhere to be found. I know of many of them personally. And I've heard of so many people saying, you know, he used to be a worshiper. He used to come to church but nowhere to be found. And they're following the empty, hollow, dangerous, destructive philosophies of this world, and they cannot have peace and joy as a result. They, they will be destroyed, ultimately. We need to remind ourselves of this announcement of, of the angel. But just before I, I go on to that, um, I, I, just... just a short while ago, when David Cameron was still, still in, in office, he, he made an amazing statement. He, 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 he said with, with all the bombs going off and, and with all the, 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 the Muslims coming into to, to, to the, the nation of, 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 of Brit, the British Isles, he, he said, people, we need to go back to our roots. We need to rediscover our roots. But because that's what made 
Britain great. And the roots were, were Christianity. The roots was Jesus. And so we need to remind ourselves of this, the angel's announcement. You ought to give his name, he, him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus, our Savior. Jesus, our King, our friend, our brother, our sustainer, our provider, our refuge, our healer, our example, our future. Wow, if we're not excited about Jesus, if we're not excited about following Jesus, wow, something is wrong. We need to redirect our focus on this Jesus at this time as we focus on worshiping and praising him and adoring him for coming into this world 2,000 years ago. How precious is he to you? How blessed and how privileged um, we are. And Mary, Mary was privileged. Mary was honored to bear the, the Son of God. But we are just as honored and privileged as her to be chosen to have a living, dynamic relationship with an almighty God. He approached us. We didn't approach him. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still enemies of the cross, Christ died for us. While we were still going like this, he loved us with a passion. And he wooed us. And he reached out to us. He knew us before the foundation of the world. And we need to reach out to him. We need to reach out to him every single day of our lives. I'm amazed how many Christians over the 50 years that I've known the Lord, how many Christians say, I don't have a regular quiet time. I don't, I don't really have a proper quiet time or I don't have a quiet time at all. How precious is God to you? How precious is the Savior to you? How honored you are to have this relationship that you're not fostering. Come on, wake up. Wake up. We need to foster this relationship. It's a scandal. Sorry, I don't know if you understand Afrikaans. It's a scandal if we don't. It's a tragedy. So they were impacted by the word, and then they believed. The good news of the gospel comes to us in a variety of ways through history. God's dealing with the Israelites over, the, over a period of time. We see how God moved. We see the living God. We, we have the word of God through history, through dreams five times in the first two chapters of Matthew, through angels, uh, Matthew 1, 22, 13, and 19, through scripture, as we have already said, through the incarnation, through Jesus coming to, to the earth. God coming to the earth. Spectacular. Mind-boggling. <laughs> you know, it's like, can it, was this true? Did it really happen? Yes. God coming and living among us as a normal human being, the God-man. A mystery. A mystery. But he did it for us. He did it for us. Because he went and he died on Calvary for us. So Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, and the Magi all believed this revelation, and it definitely impacted their faith response. Most South Africans, many if not most, would say, I, I believe in Jesus, right? I talk to people and I say, oh, no, I believe in Jesus. And, um, and, 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 
And they're nowhere near to being Christ followers. They're nowhere near to being in fellowship or all the other things that we're supposed to be doing as born-again believers, never pointing people to Christ because they've never met Him in the first place. It goes beyond belief. You know, um, James says, 2 and verse 18, that, that's, that the demons believe in Jesus and they tremble. But we know that they're not saved, right? Demons are not saved, but they believe. And so it, it goes beyond just mental assent. Belief really needs to get into action, get into motion. It's transferring my trust from myself, my own good deeds, my own efforts to Jesus. And if that chair represents Jesus and this space represents my own thinking that I'm good enough and I'll get there, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go to glory one day. The moment I realize that I need to repent, confess my sin and transfer my trust on Jesus, now I'm just hoping that this chair will hold me. Do you think it will? Well, this is an act of faith because I've never sat in this chair. Wow, there you go. It's transferring your trust from yourself to Jesus. And maybe there are some here today and you need to transfer your trust to Jesus. He's most worthy and trustworthy. A definite faith response. Believing Jesus has to change the direction of our lives. It has to. We can't say, well, I'm a Christ follower and live like the world. The two don't go, don't go together. So Mary believed that this miracle would happen, was happening, but her problem was that, like, but how? How's this going to happen? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the Most High will overshadow you. Joseph's belief in the word of God through the angel stopped him from divorcing Mary. He was going to do it because he was an honorable man. She must have been intimate with somebody else because this is not my child. And the, the angel comes and, and he says, oh no, I, I'm, I'm not going to divorce her. An act of obedience, an act of faith. And he was blessed for it. Shepherds believed the angels and they made their way to find Jesus, find the Savior. Let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that's happening, which the Lord has, has told us about. Magi's faith and belief took them on a long, costly, and very dangerous journey. They followed this as they followed the star. I mean, um, they traveled hundreds of kilometers, and if it's Persia, then probably in the thousands. And in those days, there was no easy jet, there was no um, safe air or, or a bullet train or getting into your nice car. No. Months and months and months. Arduous. Dangerous. Lots of bandits on, on the road. It cost them a fortune. These were Gentile believers from another nation. And the, the scribes and Pharisees you know, wouldn't go just down the road. That long and arduous journey was not in vain because it changed the direction of their whole lives forever and for eternity. And that was the amazing thing. They took that message, no doubt, back to Persia or where, wherever they came from and shared it. We have found the greatest human being ever to live. We have found the King of glory. We have found the Savior of the world. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. 
if, we, if there's no radical change in our lives, there's something seriously wrong. Right? We've had people, you know, wanting to become church members and, and young people are living together and they're like, well, what's wrong with that? They want to be baptized. Just recently they want to be baptized. And it's like, get your life right before you're baptized. Uh, baptism is an act of obedience. You're, you're not, you're not going to bring God's blessing upon your life if you're living in blatant disobedience. We'll never get to perfection, so we don't wait for 10 years. But if there are blatant issues, then we need to, we need to sort them out. Right? There needs to be a radical transformation in our lives. Otherwise, we've missed the point. We don't know Christ as our Savior. Or we're holding on to salvation and we're holding on to our own sinfulness. And people get offended when that, that is pointed out. And I do it in a very gentle way. Not like I'm doing now. Amen. I do it in a very pastoral way. And I beg them. I plead with them. I can assure you, nothing short of a radical transformation do we live it? Do people see it? Are they changed because of it? We should be living it. We should have people seeing it. We should be having people changed by it. They, thirdly, their faith led them to worship. True faith always brings us to a heart, to a change of heart that leads to worship. The non-saved will not come here because they don't want to worship. I mean, singing songs into fresh air. Whoa, come on. What's that all about? And I came as a non-believer and like, what are these guys about? I mean, it's like, and, and then you get nominal Christians come and, and they sit and, 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 you know, and, and they don't enjoy worship. They can't because their lives haven't been radically changed. And then you get born-again believers who enjoy worship like you have. And, and I heard that today. And then you get spiritual born-again believers who sometimes you have to slow down a little because they want to swing from the chandeliers. And we had that in one of our Baptist churches. Wow, slow down a little. Um, be excited, yeah. We don't want to take your excitement. But um, from one extreme to the other, um, it's quite, quite hairy. Elizabeth worships um, him as, uh, as king when, when Mary comes. Luke chapter 1 verse 42. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear, she says to Mary. And, and, and why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And um, we see in Luke chapter 141, John the Baptist in the womb, le leaps for joy at the, at the announcement. Shepherds worship him in the fields. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. And that's, that's what we're all about. We love to worship and praise and glorify this God. When you come to realize who this king is, that he is the only Savior of the world. There's no other name above heaven and earth that whereby we can be saved. We have to worship. Otherwise, the rocks will call out. The rocks will cry out. That's what the Scriptures say. We have to be people of praise and worship. Psalm 145, and I close with this. I'm doing pretty well, aren't I? Um, Time-wise, I mean. 
caught you. I will exalt you, my God and King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. When we live in a right relationship with God, then we do want to praise him, right? I mean, we, we might not be murderers or adulterers or, 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 or fornicators or whatever, whatever, but are our hearts right with God? Are our minds right with God? You know, because Jesus said, we, 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 we can think these thoughts in our minds and we, we're the most righteous people under the sun. We, we don't, 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 you know. But what do we do, 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 do? And, and what goes on in, in, in the mind? So every day, every day, we need to praise Him. Can I challenge you to do that? When you get up in the morning, praise Him. Put on a tape, praise Him. Worship Him. Adore Him. Get rid of negativity. Get rid of the baggage. Yeah? Get on the road to say, man, this world might be going to pot, but I'm not, and the church is not. Jesus is on the throne. He's ruling. He's reigning. He's in our church. He knows what is happening. We don't know what is happening, but Jesus knows what is happening. And he's got it. He's got it. We don't need to be fearful. We're anxious sometimes when we don't know how this thing's going to pan out. But ultimately, God does. And we can say, God, you, you take charge of this. I don't have to work it out. I, I, it's not part of my message, but as I said there, I felt I needed to share with you just an encouragement. This week, I was phoned, and this chap said, Hello, is that Pierre? And I said, Yes. And he said, uh, Is that Pierre Morel? And I said, Yes. And he said, Oh, this is Brian Jardine. And Brian Jardine uh, is in the Baptist ministry. He's the one that pointed us to uh, a church in Durban uh, where his sister was married to a pastor. They had a big church. We were in revival there, and um, we ministered in their church. But um, Brian is now in the church that I pioneered in, 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 in Howick, and um, he's, he's one of the pastors there. He must be 75, 80, and he's been there for a, for a number of, of years. And he said... We would like to invite you amongst the other four or five pastors um, who led this church to come and, and celebrate our 40th anniversary. Thinking, what? Is it that long ago that we pioneered this little Baptist church that had a small beginning? He said, we, we're over 600 people. We've had to rebuild our church a number of times. Which way were we going? That way? That way? It was, it was just so encouraging. It was so, talk about swinging from the chandeliers. There were some in our church got filled with the Spirit, wanted to swing from the chandeliers and caused a major clash. And the Lord just said, you just leave and, and, and it'll settle down. It'll remain a Baptist church and many will come to know me as Savior, as Savior and as Lord. It was an audible word. I've never had that before that. And this proved true because I've been out of touch with them for such a long time not really knowing what's going. And my old buddy is there. I was like, isn't that amazing? So, folks, I believe God has got something good for this congregation. They went through ups and downs through that. It was like, what? Is that the end of the church? Because, you know, some were getting filled with the Spirit and others were like very opposed to it. And, and there was a major leave from the charismats and left the church depleted. Let me tell you that no amount of upheavals will, will thwart the plans of the Lord. So hold on to, to that. Let me pray for you.
Maybe you're sitting here, you don't know this Jesus. You've, you're hollow and you don't have joy, you don't have peace. And Christ wants to come into your heart and change your life. Maybe you've been exposed to the Word of God and um, you've never responded to Him. Won't you respond to Him today? Won't you allow Him to come into your heart? Is there anybody here? You don't have assurance of salvation. I don't know everybody here. You don't have assurance of salvation. And you want to say, today I want to make that move. I want to move away from myself. I want to commit myself to, to Christ. And want to crown Him King of my life. This glorious one that came to change time and in eternity is here today, yet to meet with us. As we abide in His presence, is there someone? Just put up your hand and I'd love to pray with you just where you are and uh, lead you in that prayer of making that commitment to Jesus. He says, to as many as receive me, to them I give the power to become the children of God. We're not children of God apart from us receiving Christ as our Savior and as our King. And we can do that in an instant. As people are married, in an instant when they commit themselves to each other, there's a definite commitment. And hopefully they will stay married for, for, forever. But that sometimes doesn't work. But today, if you become married to Jesus, He will be your friend through thick and thin. And he will blot out your sin. And uh, He's taken your transgressions. He's taken your guilt. He's taken your punishment. Is anybody? So thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're here. Thank you here that you're here in all your fullness and all your glory. Thank you, Father, that you do all things well. And pray your blessing upon this fellowship. Pray your blessing upon each family, upon each individual. Pray that they would grow in the grace of God. They would reach out to you every day in fostering that relationship with you, glorying in the great God and King that we serve. And we want to be excited about you. We want to be pointers to Jesus. We want to be signposts to Jesus, Lord. Help us to be radical in the good sense of the word to your glory. We exalt you, Jesus' name. Amen.